G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The Opinions, The Panel. Yes, it's it's panel time and I'm pleased to say Kimberly Downs is with us this morning and Mark Hinton as well. And uh, Kimberly, uh, we'll start with you this morning. Ladies first on the basis that it's another day for Zoe going for gold and it's around about four hours away till she uh, stands on top of that slope and uh, heads downhill at a great rate of knots. I'm excited. Oh, you're not the only one, Smithy. I am absolutely pumped for this. I mean, she's proven already, obviously, what a superstar she is. She's already created history. There is nothing to suggest that she won't do it again. I am so, so excited. And I actually, I had the privilege of being in Pyeongchang for the Winter Olympics in 2018, back when Zoe won. And at that stage, it was New Zealand's first Winter Olympic medal uh, in about 26 years. And at the time, I remember she's 16, but that kid was just as close to nerveless as you can be and still remain a human in that situation. And I just don't think she's really changed since. And so even though there is a huge amount now of of pressure and of expectation, she is undoubtedly the favourite. She's obviously the top qualifier in the big year. It's the event that she's already won a medal in back in 2018. I can't see it affecting her, and it is... Hard to see, short of something going drastically wrong, her walking away today without a medal. So I am absolutely pumped to be able to watch her. She is such a superstar. um, And I just hope that everyone is appreciating what a star that we have at the moment because it's been a long time and a lot of years that we haven't had any Winter Olympic hopefuls. So I hope everyone's behind her. I hope everyone's watching. I hope everyone's cheering her on because she absolutely deserves it. She is a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, she's brilliant and a brilliant person with it. That's what I like about it. Mark, uh, from your point of view, uh, I'm not quite, I'm not Lisa Carrington confident at this point, but I'm confident. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Lisa's name, Smithy, because I was, you know, just sort of thinking um, if Zoe was able to go and, and uh, you know, win this second gold, which she looks every chance of doing. And as Kim says, you know, uh, her kind of temperament, you wouldn't doubt her ability to do so this afternoon, our time. So, um, yeah, we will all be glued. But I was thinking how privileged we are to have two amazing sportswomen, uh, you know, at the peak of their powers almost, although, of course, Zoe's got a fair amount of her career still in front of her. But two, two sportswomen dominating what they do, like Lisa Carrington and Zoe sandowski Sinnott. I mean, we're, this is this, these are rare times for New Zealand to have people ride at the top of their at a game like these two. And, and there is an element of Lisa about Zoe, isn't there? That kind of ruthlessness, that, um, that uh, you know, ability to rise to the occasion. So um, um, if Lisa Carrington was undoubtedly New Zealand's uh, sporting superstar of 2021, Zoe Sadowski is on the verge of succeeding her in 2022. And this afternoon will go a long way towards that. The other thing, Smitty, I was thinking watching Zoe's gold medal week or so back 
how different and how special winter sport is with when she was absolutely invalid at the end by her uh, two biggest rivals mm. and the other two medalists. The sheer joy that they all took in, in each other's success and I guess just the lack of um, that com- competitive edge that maybe Mars other sports, it was really, really refreshing and it was my biggest takeaway outside of the joy of seeing a New Zealander win gold in Winter Olympics. That was my biggest takeaway. The fact that these three people, what, you know, the other two didn't get the gold, but their joy for, for what Zoe did was, was there for all to see. It was really special. So I hope we see that again today. I certainly hope we do too. Uh, just uh, not too far away, though, uh, is the figure skating competition. And, Kimberly, uh, all of a sudden, uh, this 15-year-old girl uh, from Russia, Kamila Valieva, Valieva, is uh, now all of a sudden having... One a medal, then testing positive, uh, being cleared to take part again after a hastily arranged court of arbitration for sport released a ruling. <sighs> yes, I think I feel two ways about this, Smithy. One is that it's an absolute farce. The other is that it's incredibly sad. I just the whole situation, the timeline of it, how it's progressed, what's happened. I just, it, it is mind-boggling, but at the same time, unsurprising, if that makes sense when you look at the kind of central characters at play here. There are no winners in this situation. I think you can justifiably be angry um, at the Court of Arbitration for allowing her to continue to compete at the same time, understanding reasons for doing so. Um, and also, you can justifiably be angry that the IOC has even allowed this situation to develop by never putting in place any meaningful sanctions against Russia. Um, also coming out today and saying that they won't hold medal ceremonies if she does win, and she is obviously heavily favoured uh, favored to win the competition tonight, uh, which thereby denies anyone else the opportunity to get their medal moment as well. It, just, it is absolutely baffling in that sense because the IOC clearly, by making this statement, do not trust in her performance, and that it is clean performance, but they are also then taking away what is, for many athletes, one of their greatest moments of their athletic career. But then at the central, you know, you've also got the central figure, which at the end of the day is a 15-year-old girl who, no matter what happens from here on out, her entire career is going to be swamped by this scandal. And that's incredibly sad because you can't really think anything other than she is a tool in someone else's agenda at this point, and that is a lot to carry at 15 years old uh, and will be a lot to carry for her entire life, really, after this. Well, the other thing that interests me about this, Mark, is that, you know, uh, this poor young 15-year-old girl, I suppose for a few years back, her dream was representing Russia and doing exactly what she's doing, but uh, she's not even allowed to represent Russia. She can represent the Russian Olympic Committee. Yeah, um, Smitty, look, to me, the biggest culpability... Well, there's two, two areas where culpability lies in this, and it, it, is, it is a disgraceful situation. Um, one is the Russia, uh, Russia itself, which has clearly sponsored systematic doping, um, and, and it goes back to the 2014 uh, Sochi Winter Olympics, where basically they decided that they had to win medals at their home uh, Olympics at any cost, and it was uncovered that they had a state-sponsored doping program in place. They were caught red-handed and caught, you know, really blatantly cheating. And the IOC, to me, are the, are the big, um, is where the finger must point most vividly. Gutless 
and absolutely inept, and they now uh, succeed FIFA as the most corrupt organisation in sport. There's no other way to look at it. They, you, you say that that um, you know they've, uh, uh, I guess you know, not allowed Russia to compete, but they have. All they've done is just change the name, the Russian Olympic Committee. Mm. All they've done is change their anthem. They haven't had the guts to ban Russia, and whether they're scared of certain political leaders or certain um, other ramifications, I don't know. But to me, uh, the IOC um, had the power to act way back in 2014 when this was discovered. They've failed abysmally and they've failed their duty to sport and to the rest of the world. Shame on the IOC and I think Peng Shui's situation also um, adds to this. Shame on them because they represent something bigger than just uh, one or two countries and they've failed to act. And, and their duty of care. Mm, yeah, very strong views from both of you. Uh, much appreciated too. We're going to take a, a short break. We're going to change tack uh, a little bit afterwards and just have a little bit of a reflection on Super Bowl, maybe the halftime show as well. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Mark Hinton and Kimberly Downs with us this morning. Some strong views on Russian athletes as such. Uh, we'll just change uh, a little bit here to a slightly more pleasant subject, I think. Uh, Super Bowl and uh, the title belongs, uh, Kimberly, with the LA Rams. I guess you were pretty well ensconced uh, with uh, Zoe's qualifying, but did you manage to take any of it in? Uh, yes, I did. I managed to watch the Super Bowl right up until it hit about 2.35pm when I did switch over uh, to the Big Air, but that was enough time to, in my mind at least, uh, absorb the real winner of the day, which was the halftime show, let's be honest. I mean, I will happily confess to you for the NFL is not my main sport. Super Bowl, generally speaking, uh, will be the one game a year that I watch. The halftime performance, though, on another level and maybe I'm just kind of showing my generation because the nostalgia of getting to see Eminem and Mary J Blige um, just got me extremely excited. I'm a massive Kendrick Lamar fan as well. I know a lot of people um, talk about how there will be no halftime performance that can ever enter Prince but in my mind it's got to be pretty darn up there. Wow okay well I thought the set was good put it that way. Um, <laughs> let's, um, let's, let's pop across to you Mark. Uh, let's pop across to you. Uh, did you have a look at the game proper, uh, or were you mesmerised by Snoop Dogg? Well, I must admit I did enjoy the halftime show as well. I'm not a rap fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I love music and I love quality music, and that was outstanding. As you say, Smith, it was a great set. My daughter's a bit of a hip-hop dancer, and so uh, she was reveling in what was going on around those uh, outstanding musicians. The dancing was just superb. So, yeah, as always, the Super Bowl delivered uh, something spectacular. I mean, they've had their moments, haven't they? No one will ever forget the Janet Jackson uh, performance, the, the, the wardrobe malfunction uh, went down in history, but they've had brilliant halftime shows, and, that, you know, that's their signature, isn't it? And they didn't disappoint. It was an absolute rapping um, uh, and hip-hop kind of um, showcase, really, uh, of, of, you know, some iconic performers. So the halftime show, brilliant. The match itself was really good as well. Uh, NFL just does not fail to deliver um, in terms of the contest, the absorbing nature, the fact that these they inevitably go down to the wide. They get a lot right, American football, with the evenness of, of, of the sport. that You don't tend to get runaway kind of results. Um, I mean, not all Super Bowls are great games. Uh, they're finals, after all, and sometimes the stakes 
um, you know, makes things a bit difficult in terms of performance. But this was another great match. Um, won by the Rams and went right down to the closing minutes. Matt, you know, Matt Stafford's kind of beat Joe Burrow in the um, in the contest between two great ri- uh, rising sort of quarterbacks. And, um, um, you know, the big plays were made by the Rams when uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, kind of one of the unfashionable teams, really, in American Sport uh, had a chance to snatch it at the death. It you know came, literally came down to the last play of the game. So you can't ask for more than that. The NFL really does get it right, and the less is best kind of thing. They don't have that many games. I think the winners play 20, 21 games in a year. Less is best, and when it comes to American football, they play once a week. The games mean a lot. The games are captivating and Super Bowl delivered. So all round a great a great uh, uh, watch, Smitty. I have to say. Yeah, it was spectacular. $7.5 billion stadium, just by the by. Uh, it's not quite as good. Not quite as good as the Wakatipu uh, Club Rugby Ground, uh, to be fair, Kimberley. But it's going to see a bit of action this weekend. Might get 100 people there if they're lucky. But uh, Super Rugby starts this weekend, and the Chiefs and the Highlanders. Uh, yes, it does. I don't think I'll be alone in kind of getting a bit of a fright, regardless of, of the area that we work in and how much sport we absorb it, going, oh my gosh, okay, so rugby is actually starting proper this weekend at the end of February, as it's want to do. Um, gosh, it'll be interesting, won't it? I just, it's, <laughs> it's really hard. I feel like a lot of pre-season predictions kind of go out the window this early in the season given the situation that the players are in. And I would take this opportunity as well just to express such sympathy for the Moana Pacifica players um, who are caught up with this COVID situation because, honestly, having fought for so long to, to build this team and to get it included and to now have their big opener postponed over COVID, it just it must be an awful feeling. And I really feel for them hold up in their... Queenstown Hotel, um, just just waiting and isolating and hoping for the best. Um, as far as this weekend's fixtures go, well, like I say, I I do think the form book is kind of out the window at this stage, given all of the surrounding circumstances. We just don't know how they'll affect them. I would say that I do think the Chiefs are going to um, edge out the Highlanders, close to home ground as the Highlanders may be, but also it's going to be an interesting watch, isn't it? Because like you say, at the Queenstown rugby ground, not a huge amount of people really going to be allowed in. You might get a few people peering off balconies or over the fences. It's kind of almost harking back to a bit of, you know, grassroots club rugby in a sense there. So it'll be interesting to see as well how the players respond to not having crowds there and fans there to hype them up. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we spoke to Luke Jacobson uh, this morning, Mark. He was pretty upbeat about the environment, uh, the way they're all preparing, and uh, he's pretty excited about the prospect of actually getting some some serious uh, some serious game time. The the Chiefs have started pretty well. Uh, of course, they beat Moana Pacifica uh, very one sided in the end that one, and a couple of encouraging performances. Uh, the thing that worries me ever so slightly is I, I read a story this morning, Mark, where someone said um, that uh, it might not go ahead because of uh, the advent of of COVID, uh, Omicron down in that particular area. Um, I hope not. What are you? Are you hearing anything to that degree? Nothing yet, but it's a, it's a watching brief, isn't it? Look, Omicron is going to spread. It's going to get widespread. They're in the bubble for the, for that reason, um, and they're trying to avoid it. Moana Pacifica haven't been fortunate. Look, I wouldn't overplay Moana Pacifica's situation. 
it is they are unlucky and it is a, a setback because you know they're a new team and they you know they didn't need this but this has happened to the breakers it's happened to the phoenix um um, it's happened to all, everyone playing in this new kind of COVID environment. You are going to get cases. You are going to be shut down for periods. Um, all evidence tells us that, that you know the players should recover reasonably quickly from this, um, and that they'll only be out of action for maybe you know maybe a week while they uh, uh, go through the uh, right testing and recovery processes. So that's something Moana have to take in their stride, um, Smithy. Um, and all teams, I expect all teams will get cases and, and it's about them um, having the depth, being, uh, the competition being nimble enough to be able, being able to reschedule as, as required and also um, just getting on with it. I mean, that's what the Breakers and Phoenix and, and, and everyone involved in, in this, these sort of scenarios have, have had to say. They just have to, you know, they have to play around it. They have to, they have to keep going. Um, as far as the competition at South Coast City, the more things change, the more they stay the same. The Crusaders remain the team to beat, as far as I'm concerned, and the Blues look the most equipped to challenge them. Uh, the Chiefs are handy, but I wouldn't read too much into, into pre-season form. You never can in, in rugby. Um, um, and the Hurricanes obviously have some big hitters in the Highlanders as well. We, you never know what they're going to produce. And they uh, had, did have that good uh, Trans-Tasman campaign last year. So it should be a good, good fun comp. I'm really looking forward to see how, seeing how... Um, look, you know, all eyes on people like Roger Tuivasa-Shek. He won't get started to next week. But I'm looking at some all-black old stages, people like Sam Whitelock, Sam Kane, um, some of our props. How do they respond to, I guess, last year's, um, you know, fall from grace, shall we say, with the three test losses? There's a bit of a theory that the All Blacks, um, some of the senior All Blacks are past their use-by date. Look, Super Rugby's where they prove themselves, where they show they've still got the games and, uh, I guess, the dynamic play to kind of demand they stay in Test Rugby. I'll be watching that as much as uh, team performances this year. Kimberly, if you look at the games, what... what... From an officiating point of view, Kimberly, what, what would you like to see better this year? Uh, reset scrum, anything? I mean, there's a, there is a, a word around that want, they want to see scrums take a, a maximum of 30 seconds to set. Look, that'd be nice. From a, from a pure out-and-out viewer-spectator point of view, that would be nice. I just, I struggle to see how they could make that happen and get everything right in the same go, to be perfectly honest. I just, yeah, I, uh, the scrum is such a tricky one. And we also, yeah, I, I just don't know how they would do it, to be perfectly honest. But I think I'd like to see just, I mean, the same as what you always want, really, isn't it? It's, it's good, solid, running rugby, a bit of excitement. I very excited to see that Blues backline unleashed. You want to see these players playing with a bit of freedom that New Zealand rugby is is known and loved for. Mark also spoke about the kind of hangover, I suppose, from last year a little bit. I hope that doesn't mean anyone kind of closes up shop uh, and is and is weary or too conscious of the performance that they're putting out and that it means that they can play with a bit of freedom and a bit more free-flowing rugby. That is the main thing that I'd like to see. I'd like to see close games as well. Um, that's not on the officiating, of course. That's on the teams themselves. But I would like to see a bit of drama in that way. As we spoke about, you know, the American spectacle 
of Super Bowl and it constantly uh, kind of de- uh, delivering these compelling games. You'd like to see a bit more of that just to help with the storylines through the season, just to make people excited again because a bit of the feel that I got last year probably in the rugby season was that it was starting to, to dip off a little bit in terms of, I guess, appreciation of some of the talent that we've got and we do have such good talent so I would love that to be displayed uh, and on full show come the season. Okay, Kimberly, thank you so much for your contribution this morning and to you, Mark, those opinions about uh, that young Russian girl. Very, very uh, interesting indeed. We'll see what plays out there.